I'm Isabeau. And I'm Morgan. And this is a bonus. All about sports romance. We've read two so far, and so we kind of wanted to do a final thoughts on the experience of reading a subgenre slash trope we really did not expect to enjoy. Isabeau. Morgan. Did you enjoy it? You know, much like my feelings on Never Sweeter, I think I found myself enjoying it more than I expected to, and at points, literally against my will. (laughs) Uh, The things I enjoyed about the two books we read had nothing to do with sports. So I guess in that way, it's not surprising. Yeah, sports is an interesting backdrop. And like you and I have talked about this, but like the thing that sports allows is rationalized, normalized violence from men. Yeah. And makes it okay, both on and off the various sporting fields, Uh, which is weird. Very weird. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I am able now to kind of name my discomfort with it. And it is this kind of machismo version of masculinity that's allowed to exist and flourish. And, you know, I think people talk a lot about romance being a space for feminism and how we can fight the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. And I think sports romance, given the fact that like sports doesn't create the same kind of veneer that I think shifter does Mm -hmm. doesn't have the same othering and distancing effect but does have the same thing of like still propping up these patriarchal norms as sexy and interesting yeah what are those patriarchal norms you may be asking or yelling at your radio right now well celebration of violence there has to be a winner and a loser that competitive kind of perspective what else Isabel? Alphaness, the ways in which you are allowed to let loose your emotions often have a violent physicality. Mm -hmm. So if you lose your temper, it's okay to like break up a wall. It's okay to like demonstrate your jealousy as possession. Yes. And I think like those spaces are on full display in sports because they're just so amped after a game. They're so amped. They've just been juicing on the adrenaline of beating the other guys. (laughs) And all of those things like competitiveness, aggressiveness is all celebrated in sports. Yeah. And our heroines often have this moment of like, "Ooh, I don't like this, but like this is the fantasy. And I think like, again, it's OK to have these fantasies. Yeah. We're not yucking yums here. Sometimes we are. One of the things worth interrogating in this space is like, how is this rationalized? And like, where does the fantasy sort of meet the problematic reality road? One of the things that was really weird for me, especially in reading Pucked, but also at points in Fumbled, the voice of the heroes came to me as Patrick Warburton. He's a famous voice actor, but he also does other stuff, especially as his crunk character from The Emperor's New Groove. He's like grossly out of proportion where like he would fall over because like his waist is too thin to support his like insane chest muscles and like the timber of his voice and also like the kind of dummy emotionality of him. Sometimes I heard him as the heroes and I was like this is a problem because like you are impossible yeah so Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove is what they reminded you of yes just to clarify Patrick Warburton does not have pecs so large he would fall over <laughs> no he doesn't although many of his animated characters do including Brock Sampson from Venture Bros yeah that's another one I totally get that yeah it's this very almost like cartoonish yeah cartoonish there is also this thing of like body worship where just objectifying the male body which is also like (laughs) I don't like it when 
I read Kathleen Widowis and she's talking about a woman having breasts that are enormous, but also incredibly firm and like a tiny stomach. You know, I don't like that stuff. And so I can't imagine it's very fun for men to hear like, oh my God, he's so hot. He has a six pack. Like, you know, it all kind of sucks. Yeah. That bodies are commodities. But I think in sports, the idea of body as commodity is super appreciated. It's already like baked in. Like you have to be a physical specimen of some sort of note to be a professional athlete, especially in American sports. A physical specimen by our current beauty standards. Yes. Very much so. No one's like the strong kind of fat. No. (laughs) Even though arguably like a lot of football players would be. Totally. Or even like wiry. Like none of that. No. They're all incredibly big and incredibly cut. Part of the fantasy is like diminutiveness on either the feeling of our heroine or like her actual personhood in comparison to the hero. Yes. Which feels very like a Johanna Lindsay Viking in a different guise. You're either 5'3 and you wear your plucky heels so that you can look him in the eye and put your little hands on your hips or you're like a 5'10 giantess and he towers over you and it's the first time in your life you've felt like a tiny goddess. And I'm just like... Okay. Yeah, that diminutiveness. Like, in my mind, I actually thought the same thing. I was like, you know, it would be great to have, like, very big, very strong linebacker because they could make me feel like I'm small. Mm -hmm. But we didn't read about, like, a big-ass heroine, someone who's, like, 5'10", 200 pounds. Like, no, that doesn't come up. It's like his enormousness just further accentuates your tininess. As opposed to like two kind of physical peers almost. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. But then I think there's also something in if you're an athlete, you can kind of toil away at your body without it being like a project in vanity. Totally. Because it's your job. This is how you make your money. Yeah. If you're falling in love with an athlete, it solves like so many shallow problems. It's true. It really does. One thing I will say, I do feel like it would take a lot to do like a full perspective on sports romance. And we certainly haven't done that. No. Because it is such a big subgenre. And something that I would say is probably more of a trope than a subgenre because sports are so mainstream in romance. Yeah. Like there was a lot of overlap. Like the Venn diagram of all of the sports romances, I think will have a lot of the same things like super alpha dudes who are super cut. Like that's all part of like the fantasy package of sports. But like where there were like weird differences, this would be a further project that I would investigate because the baseball romance that I read felt different than fumbled and pucked. And I'm not 100% sure why other than potential like discussions of team dynamics, which gets into like, how does the hero relate to his sport and his sport colleagues? And I think especially in fumbled, that was like a very back burner thing, like his interactions with his colleagues, like his friend group was never explained or talked about fully. But part of that was because we never had his perspective. Yeah. Are you talking about Bromance Book Club? I am. In my understanding from listening to Learning the Tropes talk about it, sports aren't very centralized. I do feel like in the two books we read, sports were an explanation of all things. Like if you removed the professional athlete aspect, it would be a different book. Yeah, totally. Which I think our friends over at Learning the Tropes felt was not true. 
for bromance book club yeah baseball is certainly the window dressing not the stage not the stage yeah like if something's gonna be like a sports romance if you're gonna qualify it as a sports romance I do feel like the sports need to be the stage yeah and also there's like so much actual tension that gets built into a season like I can totally see why it's so popular it has all of like the moves of like building the season and like beating these bad guys and then getting into the playoffs and then like you know something happens and like there's like a whole cast of characters that you can play with and like go Going on the road, which like can lead to awesome places for sex scenes to happen, but also for miscommunication to happen. Like I yeah. get why this genre, because it comes with so many built in beats that you can work from. I get why it's really popular. And I also get why people like to write in it. Do you think people like to write in it because there's so many tools in the toolbox? Or I don't think that's why people gravitate towards writing sports romance. But of course, this is all wild speculation. Yeah, this is wild speculation. I think because there are so many tools in the toolbox in terms of like an outlining process it seems really easy to me that you'd be like first game third game discussion of move to playoffs championship you know it actually follows the you know 5x structure or 3x structure if you want of a romance right because like sports themselves all have this built-in plot structure (laughs) there's the larger like tournament and then there's the individual game and they all follow the same bell curve right and so I think like that's an easy way to like map the tension of a romance. So I think that would make sense to me why it would be a popular one to write in. And then the other thing is like it really excuses a lot of the worst parts of alpha heroes in ways that like are immediately culturally accessible and rational and normalized. Whereas like he doesn't have to be a panther, you know, like we don't have to deal with bestiality because like he's a football player. That's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like accessing that fantasy in such a shorthand, especially if you want to write heroes like that, it would feel like an easy reach. I feel like as an author, I would only write a sports romance if I was super into the sport. That makes sense to me. I do feel like it's like a doubling of fandoms. (laughs) Like, I love romance and I love sports and I'm going to bring them together and write this sports novel. And then you get all of the benefits of like hard body hero who doesn't work out, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a reason we're talking about sports romance and not manual labor romance. Yeah, it's true. Even though those would have like the same outcome, like there's glamour already built into sports. You get like all the financial security, hard body, all of the alpha stuff that you might be into. And, you know, you like a sport, so you get to talk about it more. Mm -hmm. I am curious. And like, I don't think this is something that you and I can answer. This might be for like the social medias. But like, do people who like the sport read the sport romance or are people who like sport romance equal opportunity sport romancers or do you have absolutely no interest in rugby in real life you've never watched a game you don't care for it but every time a rugby romance comes out for some reason you want to read it what is that reason yeah I would be interested to know if anyone with that perspective exists me too because like I don't even think I have a guess about it like as somebody who doesn't watch hockey except when other people who are super into it ask me to but I had so much fun reading that hockey romance like I would potentially read another one and like I would never watch curling but I definitely read a curling romance curling is like a good sport to watch at a bar it is because you can kind of come and go you know kind of look up look down look at it look away from it exactly yeah but like if it's on ESPN the Ocho I'm not like (laughs) 
<laughs> tuning in you know what I mean like <laughs> oh my gosh the which is a real thing I know that's so funny I wonder what's on ESPN the Ocho right now I don't know hopefully it's a baseball game from 14 years ago or something equally weird ESPN 8 the Ocho was invented by the movie Dodgeball and then ESPN decided to make it a thing <laughs> Late Capital. I tell you what, there is nothing like it. Oh my gosh. All right. Here's their programming schedule. Johnsonville ACL Cornhole Championships. Some people call it bags. Wow. World Axe Throwing. Open Ultimate Championships, which I don't understand. Spike Ball. The Las Vegas Highland Game. Putt-Putt Championships. Ideal Electricians National Championship. 51st National Stone Skipping Competition. Weird. World Sport Stacking. World Sign Spinning, Crystal, World Hamburger Eating, Johnsonville Brat Eating, European Tram Driver Championship. Oh my God. Stupid Robot Fighting League, Annual Cherry Pit Spitting Championship, Professional Arm Wrestling, Golden Tea, which is a golf video game. Do they have like a home version of Golden Tea? I don't think so. I have literally no idea. Then you can watch Tetris. So it isn't even like good esports. No. Then they've got their little wrap up show, Dodgeball, Marble Runs. Something called Slippery Stairs colon College Tour. Oh my God. Death Diving World Championship. Dodge Juggle Moxie Games. I can't even. It feels like you're scraping the barrel of the end times. Watching the Ocho. Just that programming lineup. Like a lot of those things. I'm like, if I read those in a teen dystopian whatever, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Oh, yeah. ESPN resurrected the Ocho because of not being able to air regular sports. They brought back the Ocho. Amazing. The more you know. The more you know, the less you realize you know, the more surprised you'll be. It's true. Was there anything that surprised you about sports romance? Um, one thing that surprised me was the like physical delight and violence. I remember the heroines talking about kissing someone when they're injured and like tasting their injury, Mm -hmm. their wound, licking an open wound, which sounds like something that would only exist in J.G. Ballard. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's like couched and the fact that he got it from playing a sport is somehow less appealing to me than he got it from like getting in a car accident on purpose. That surprised me. It's almost like reading a Joey and a Lindsay where like nothing vanilla happens. It's understood as vanilla. Mm -hmm. Right, ladies? We all like to lick wounds it's like what that's such a good way of describing it and I think like especially for pucked you know and to a lesser extent fumbled I think the sports are so patriarchal and like the heroes themselves are so alpha and there's like very little of troubling that water because it is like purely fantasy and it's fantasy even for our heroines yes (laughs) which makes it like this double blind fantasy for the reader (laughs) which makes it really weird because like pucked had this scene of like crazy ass titty fucking and it's like that's the first time I've ever read that in a romance novel. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised by like how unblinking some of that stuff was. So my boyfriend famous for his group sexcapades that are covered in multiple newspapers whenever they happen. You know what it's like. Yeah. It's like the trimmings of the world of athletics are so conservative and so patriarchal. The fact that the sex itself in the books is kind of presented that way but it's in fact not Mm -hmm. that was pretty surprising to me 
Yeah. But you're still not a fan. Yeah, I'm still not a fan. I like basketball. I like love in basketball, but I also don't like super competitive people, even though I'm super competitive. I don't like super competitive people because what if they beat me? I'm going to form off the top of my head, like what my perfect sports romance would be. Mm -hmm. And it would probably be like hurling, which nobody gets paid for. And it's an amateur league. But I can't imagine that the romance would be very interesting because you would have to be so committed to that sport. You would. I think that's the thing is like, I can't imagine having the level of commitment required to be a, a professional or even an amateur athlete, how that would jive with also having passion for a person. Mm -hmm. Like one of those two storylines, it seems and it does kind of falter. Mm -hmm. I guess if I wanted it all, I want it all. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about you? Generally speaking, I like sports movies. Yeah. So I thought there would be more of a corollary for me in sports romance. But I think one of the things that held me back immediately from both of these novels was that they're first person, which is just something <laughs> I just genuinely don't like in romance. But like that aside, I'm still not sold. I think like there's a version, maybe not like figure skating, but like, I don't know, competitive dance, enemies to lovers. That's a version of a sports romance that I think I could investigate and see whether or not I liked it. I think there's just too much wrong with like sports for it to feel like the double blind fantasy for me, just like really trips up in the middle where I'm like I get the fantasy of like the alpha and even potentially some of the violence but then also to have all of the other parts of it it's like all of the tropes rolled in one and then it's like sports and I'm just like I only need one or two of those to deal with at a time I don't need all of those things yeah it really seems like the sports aren't necessarily the thing in a sports romance yeah and like it's really hard though to parse out what is the thing because we just read two yeah so yeah, I won't be revisiting. You won't be revisiting either? No. But we thank you all so much for your recommendations. We do. We do. We're going to list out all of the recommendations we got on our blog. So if you love sports romance and you want to read more of it, we got some hot wrecks coming through. And I don't know, maybe someday I'll revisit it. Maybe I'll find that perfect framing and I'll have to check it out. But no. But I don't think so. But we'll see. We'll see. Life is long. Also, if you want to get sport curious, check out the recommendations that were given to us and then make your own decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. With that, loosen your woes. But never your nusses. Mwah. Whoa, golly gee. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. Womance is hosted by Isabel. That's me. And Morgan, that's me. Production is by Nick Gravelin. Our webmistress is the incomparable Jane Bonzak. And our illustration and logo were created by Mary Reichman. They're the best. If you'd like to follow, creep, or connect with us on our social media platforms, you can find us at mans underscore woe on Twitter, womance on Instagram, or email at womancemail at gmail.com. You can also hang out on our amazing website at womancepodcast.com. You can support us by using our code to visit our sponsors or go to our Patreon where we are Womance. Womance is officially part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Discover more podcasts just like our own centering on romance and reading at frolic.media slash podcast. Until next week. Mwah. <laughs>